this is Jeff Cobra, and we welcome you to this Disney Insights Podcast. Well, greetings. Happy New Year. As we embark on 2024, I wanted to bring to you a conversation I had with Betsy Jordan, a former Disney cast member and organizational development leader. She works with consultants now, but she speaks of a time when the internal organizational development at Disney was almost an outside consulting group to getting Disney's organization to the next level. The research she and her colleagues did unearthed what eventually became the Basics Initiative, which was an effort to unify guest engagement across the board. Betsy and her team brought the Walt Disney World Leadership Organization together to link leadership behaviors to implementing a better guest experience. So let's revisit the Disney basics with Betsy Jordan. Make sure while you're there to subscribe to DisneyInsights.com and also to the station you listen to your podcast at. We wanna make sure that you get noticed when new Disney Insight podcasts come out. And we've got plenty to cover in this upcoming year. Now, just a, a little introduction to Betsy before we bring her in. Betsy began her time at Walt Disney World as an internal consultant specializing in helping executives, leadership teams solve complex organizational challenges while building leadership and team effectiveness. She was there at a pivotal time when Disney's Animal Kingdom was trying to figure out its brand and place in the marketplace. Through her experiences at Disney, she was able to provide branding, strategy development, executive team development, organizational redesign, creative problem solving, and executive leadership development. She played a role in helping to identify, well, or bring about the Disney basics, which were created to provide a more uniform guest engagement experience at Walt Disney World. Today, Betsy works with consultants and clients to get the right words to describe the unique value of what they do with a focus on their strengths and experiences. She gets to the heart of what a consultant or coach can potentially be. She uses her 20 plus years in the consulting and coaching industry, 10 plus years as a business owner, and her unique brand whispering gifts to show clients how they can build a profitable coaching and consulting business. And it's my, it's my good pleasure to really uh, have an opportunity to bring Betsy onto the program. So for those who follow my work and really try to better understand how to improve the customer experience and also do so by impacting the engagement level of employees. You will know that uh, if you go back in time, back in history, even back to the time of Walt Disney, there are some always some fundamental ideas involved in creating excellence in an organization. And so the privilege I have today is to spend some time with Betsy Jordan, who was really kind of at an interesting pivotal moment where she was able to work with the organization to really identify those basics that are needed to more fully guarantee not just the customer experience or the guest experience, as we refer to it as Disney, but also to better improve 
those expectations that we have around leaders. And so Betsy did a lot of work in that space. And I just want, and which happened really largely kind of in around the two th- middle 2000s. And uh, and so I, Betsy, tell first of all, let's just start with kind of how you ended up in this space, um, working with these kinds of ideas and projects. So uh, thank you so much for having me and giving me the opportunity to talk to your audience. Um, because there's a lot of really cool best practices in this project that we're going to be talking about. And for me, it was really fun because I've been an organization development consultant um, almost for 30 years, which is crazy to imagine that I've ever been anything for almost 30 years. And what was really weird is, and I didn't realize the power of the particular initiative that you're you're referencing until I was working with a company that was not at all like Disney. They were part of a university system where they trained um, first responders. And I saw these basics on the wall that came out of this project that I was working on. And it's like, wow, there's a lot of cool stuff here. But to answer your question, um, so I've been an, I was an OD consultant. I was working for a nonprofit. And at the time, oppor- an opportunity came where Disney was really investing in their organization development team. And so I had a, a colleague from uh, from my grad school who said, hey, you should come and apply. And so I did. And it was a really unique opportunity. So the way our organization development team was set up is we were deployed to we were deployed to all these different business units all around property. And so I had my first opportunity. I was at the resorts or actually I was at DVC, the Disney Vacation Club, the club. Then I moved to resorts and then I landed at Animal Kingdom for a while, which is a huge formative experience, had a lot of experience in operations. And then I continued to move on and I actually helped the operations team create a new department, which was called operations integration years before where it was a department that was helping the operations team work more effectively together and integrate within the rest of the organization. And then a few years after I helped the team create that role, I took on that role as the senior manager of that team. And then we were kicking off a big initiative, which I could tell you more about how that happened. But that's the background of, that was my experience. I was an OD consultant and I worked a lot with strategy change and the Animal Kingdom rebranding, WDI and WDW partnership and all kinds of cool stuff. So I got lucky because at the time I got in, it was coming out of the performance excellence initiative that Judson Green was leading. And so then they had like these, yeah, so there was a huge initiative. You probably know more historically about how the Performance Excellence Initiative came about. But from what I hear from, you know, the historical perspective is, you know, Disney was all about guest, guest, guest. There wasn't a lot of balance. You know, Judson came in and he had this whole idea of this more holistic initiative to create more standardization and make sure that the organization was focused on the guest cast and the business results, that they were looking at things more holistically. And so there was like this whole, um, what was it, leadership pathways. There was a whole um, course that came out of the Disney University that all the leaders were having to go through. But then they're like, well, how are we going to implement it? So then they started with these performance excellence coaches that evolved into the organization development team. And my leader at the time, his name is Chris King, and he had a vision for OD that was so much more than just like we're part of HR, but we were had our own brand. 
And he ran us like we were an external consultancy, but we were operating internal. So we got training really, really early on around like, how do you establish partnerships with clients? How do you establish the business case of what you do? And so we had, uh, we were in this really unique opportunity where we were um, positioning ourselves to be like a part of the executive team or the leadership teams of all the different areas. Now that that's like one part from the organizational positioning. I could tell you that was very different being the OD consultant positioning myself, you know, especially I was at the animal kingdom right after opening and animal kingdom at the right after opening was like the wild, wild west, you know? And when I met the executives there, they literally told me. So I think I was like the second OD consultant that had been assigned to Animal Kingdom. And my boss, Chris, was one of them. And they apparently he was running a work session and he's all theoretical. He's like a he's like one of those, you know, really intellectual type of people. And I apparently they took off his tie and like they tied him to a chair when he got too theoretical. So they warned me up front, like you're not going to be this kind of person or else this bad thing's going to happen. And I learned very, very quickly. You got a Trojan horse, all the OD language. You're not going to talk about the theory. You had to figure out a way to make it. Yeah. Yeah. But I learned very early on, like, this is not going to work here. But the principles were there and the strategic minded, minded leaders the, and, you know, the Aaron Wallace's who were former industrial engineers, the Beth Stevens who had an education science background, they loved OD and they became our early champions. You know, the people who really cared about that systems thinking, they became our early champions and that's how we got our foot in the door. And um, I love that. And I love the response that some of those really great leaders uh, during that time period had toward this. They could see the potential of something like this. So how does that snowball into, into something that really um, sticks the landing and, and sustains itself and grows? Uh, stakeholder management, stakeholder management, and then stakeholder management some more. The, you know, like there's, if there's like, a, there's a couple power skills, I would say that are really important for, for a consultant. And it's not our, it's an internal consultant, an OD, L&D, HR, any of the performance improvement type of roles that it's not our technical skills and our methodology. The power skills that we would bring to the table that make the biggest difference that gets us in the room is our ability to simplify the complex, you know, and bring, a, you know, like our ability to take like, all right, here's these thousand different ideas and distill it down to this one idea. That's the number one skill. And then actually that's the complementary one. And the second one is the stakeholder management and the political savvy and learning how to get the uh, senior team to get on the same page around that common idea. And so when it comes to like facilitating an executive meeting, it's not that you know a lot about strategy, it's that you know how to get the executive. So one of the things that they loved about me as an OD consultant is I knew how to, like when I was working with the executives on getting ready for a strategy session, I knew how to listen. Like they could just like talk, 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 talk. Like they could just talk for like 30 minutes. And it's like, all right. So what I'm hearing you say is there's five things that you want to convey as the purpose of why we're doing this work session. So these are your opening message points. And they're like, yes, you got into my head and you organized it. And now I'm prepared. And then when I did executive team work sessions, I would always start off like this is, you know, um, 
uh, here's our goals. Here's the, here's the three takeaways we have for this session. Um, and so I, I know that, you know, like from a process standpoint, I'm going to, I put a lot of thought into this agenda and I thought through all of the process and all of the stuff that we're going to go through. And there's a good chance that my process, there's a 50, 50 chance that my process is great and, or it's awful. So what I need from you is just raise your hand. If my process doesn't work, I've got a million ways to do it. And I would go in there. Um, and I remember like some of the leaders, like Phil Holmes would always be my plant. Cause if the process wasn't work, he would be the one who would raise his hand and say, it doesn't work. And it's like, totally fine. But I knew how to ask the question, knew the outcome, let the senior team just talk, 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 as long as they needed to. And I could synthesize what everybody had to say into like, so what I'm hearing you all say is this. And then they could buy and it's like, yes, you heard us. And that's where the political savvy come in. Like I might do it in the room or I might do it out of the room, you know, where I'm interviewing everybody and you find that magical through line. And when you can get that magical through line where everybody can see themselves and whatever the goal is, then they'll buy in, you know, and now I've worked my magic. Yeah. I was going to say, I love the fact that your, your, your ability to get stakeholder buy-in really depended on the idea that you need to make people feel like they've been heard and understood. And then that somehow allows them to buy in or feel invested in what happens moving forward because, because you feel like they feel like a part of them has been heard in all of this. And, so, and I let that shape it, you know, like I didn't just give them like a little check the box that you heard it is I shaped the, what the work is based on that feedback. So it's kind of like from a Disney standpoint, you said, we listen, you know, that's a key part of the cast excellence improvement cycle, you know, and similarly in this scenario is you said, and I recommended based on what you said, and now you can see yourself because, because everybody has a good idea. Like I truly believe not just like in a theoretical way, you know, the blind men and the elephant, you know, everybody sees the elephant from a different angle. But if I could help them see the elephant, you know, and once they see the elephant, they're not going to unsee the elephant because, but they could see that it's like, oh yeah, she put the tail on the elephant. And that was my idea. She put the ear on. That was my idea. So do, do you remember what were some of the big issues for them at that time? What were some of the things that they were most struggling with that were um, unique to their experience? Well, I would say like, uh, if you're talking about the basic initiative, I can get more specific. If you're talking about the context of that time period, where Disney had gotten to at that point is when I first started as an OD consultant, every, every area. So even all the resorts operated completely different. Like they had their own strategy. They had their own vision of guest service. They had their own thing. And then eventually the resorts line of business came together to create more standardization. So when I first got to Disney, there was a lot of standardization, quick service, you know, we were going to do quick service, the same in all the theme parks. And then eventually it extended to all of the, um, you know, the resorts as well. So I kind of look at it as the napkins, you know, like the little bit beverage napkins, how Disney was evolving. In the beginning, when I first started working at Disney, every, every resort, every theme park had its own napkin. You know, eventually the napkins all started becoming like Walt Disney World napkins. Like we're one entity, we're one cohesive experience. Now, after I had left, it became parks, you know, Walt Disney parks. And now the napkins are the same you know, everywhere in the world. But at the time it was going from 
you know, the Fort Wilderness Campground, the Wilderness Lodge, getting those, you know, getting those entities to all work together. But then eventually it would became like we have to have standardization. So that would have been an evolving kind of perspective for a long time before I started getting involved in what became the basics initiative. Yeah. So lead us toward that, the basics, because it's one thing to take a napkin and say, we're going to all share the same napkin or shopping bag or, you know, a straw or size cups for Coca-Cola. But but how does it lead into actually uh, getting everybody on board to the same service basics? So the, the initiation of that project wasn't even about the service basics. What was interesting is I remember this like as clear as day. We we're at the American Adventure Pavilion. There was a there was a conference room on top and mm -hmm. we were worried some sort of strategy session. And, and everybody was saying it's like, you know, we have done a lot for like we haven't done anything for like the frontline guests or the I mean, the frontline managers in a long time. So somebody raised something and say, we need to do something for them. We need to start doing an initiative to improve their experience, improve their effectiveness. So we had that whole thing was set up. But then somebody else is like, hey, you know, we haven't done anything for the guests in a while. We need to do something with that. And everyone's like, you know, so everybody was saying something different. We need to do something with ops managers. And, you know, so everybody's saying different things. And Aaron was the leader of all operations at the time. And I think that was a big change as well as Aaron was in charge of the parks and the and the resorts and all of the lines of businesses, the merchandise, entertainment, everybody was reporting to Aaron. And so we decided after that work session that I would go in an interview all the different executives to get their perspective. And they all had very different perspectives. You know, nobody was really saying like, oh, we need to really work on the service standards because that really wasn't the outcome of the project. It was, everybody had a different perspective around what do we need to do around these different things? And then when I triangulated all, it's like, hey, I think everybody, what they're talking about is guest and cast engagement. And that became our goal of how do we improve engagement? And so once we got the senior team to buy into the engagement, my two contributions to this project was getting that North Star situated. And then the other thing that I would say that made that I did that I would claim is like, oh, I did a really good job at that particular thing is how I set up the project structure. So hmm. normally when you would run a project structure around something like that, you would have like a core team of a bunch of the, you know, ops executives. It might be led by you know, L&D kind of people or OD kind of people, like we'd lead it. And then you would have, you know, like that would be the project. But I set up a project structure where the steering committee was Aaron and her direct reports. But the technical team, the people who were running this project were the experts who really understood engagement. So I brought all of this collection of experts. And then we had certain um, executives that were like an advisory committee. So they were advisors and we had them at different levels, but the core team was experts in employee and customer engagement. So I had, um, I had people from like, I had operations training. I had the, the leadership training in that group. I had like OD people in that group. I had, um, the industrial engineers. I had, um, people from the research and, that team, you know, the research and the people who are part of the integrated insights were, or insight, yeah, integrated insights, they were a part of that team. And so we got our brains together on how are we going to do this? And we agreed that the first starting point was, is to do the, the guest research. And that was our starting point, but that's how we got the team situated. 
And we backed ourselves in that one of the components is the service. And what got really interesting is once we got more into the research, then we realized like, oh, we're, we're, there's like a huge mess here. There's a thousand different ways. We did a work session where we had all the people in this technical team go to bring in like every single like workbook, um, you know, training manual, you know, and we went through all of them and we wrote like one idea on, on a, on a, on a post-it note on an expectation that the cast would have around how to deliver results to guests. And this room was like filled, like there's oh, so many, it was crazy. Yeah. One of the great things about what you did is you just distilled it into a very manageable list in the, and the guest service, the Disney service basics, it was four things. I project a positive image and energy. I, I am courteous and respectful to all guests, including children. I stay in character and play the part. I go above and beyond. And then underneath that, you've got some key bullet points that kind of expounds to that. So you could start at that really basic level and then and then we dig deeper. We didn't create that. So we oh. we unearthed it from the guest research. What got interesting is we started off with the guest research and okay. we got intel. And then like I was um, we were doing then the cast research. Our goal, so our project plan was to do the guest research first. And we found a lot of interesting things. So there was the Disney seven service guidelines that had been in right. place forever. Mm-hmm. And then this was like after 9-11. And we found out a little bit more around what the guests, how the guest needs had evolved and changed. So the certain things that became really important was like an escape from reality became really big to them. You know, like this is the place where I can escape the craziness of the world or what have you, you know, but then, so we got some of that Intel, but then we were doing all of these work sessions to try to prioritize the thousand million different ways that people had identified. We tried to distill it down into a couple different, we tried different formats and we did our first focus group. I remember this one really clearly where I was too. I, we were at the magic, I mean, not the magic kingdom, we were at the studios and we were doing a focus group with the cast to get their input. And so we had reviewed this distilled set of messy, um, messy, um, what we hoped were more streamlined performance expectations, but they still were not resonating. And uh, Candy Parks was actually the qualitative research on the researcher on the project. And we sat there, we're like, this is not working. We're not getting the feedback. So we did a timeout between the first focus group and the second focus group. And then Candy and I sat there and she's like going back because she did all the guest research. And she's like, you know what, let's like rewrite these and da, 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 da. and that's what turned into the four. Then we reviewed them into the next focus okay. group. And then the cast okay. bought in and said, yes, that makes sense. It was aligned to the guest research. And that was the brilliance of the whole thing is we aligned the performance standards, not to what everybody in the organization wanted and how they prioritized to it. We zero based it and went to the guest research. That was the brilliant. Interesting. And that's why I would say I was brilliant because I brought Candy Parks and the Integrated <laughs> Insight uh-huh. into this team. And like Diane Van Dam was on the team and she's she was IE and I think, or maybe she was Integrated Insight too. They helped shape it. So what I did really well is I knew how to bring in the superpowers of all the different people and and make sure that their expertise shown in different parts. But it was integrated insights and their brilliance that we need to start with the guest research. And then we pitched that. We got everybody to buy in. And then we took the guest research and turned it into standards. That's uh, why 
the standards, the standards are, this is why when I went to that organization and I saw the standards on the wall, I'm like, these, these don't resonate with you. They're not your standards. You need to go to your own customers and find out their standards. That was the, that's the secret sauce of this whole thing. Like the secret sauce, the repeatable is our process, not the outcomes. You can't repeat. And I would say even to Disney, it's like, you need to go back and do the research of the people today because I bet you the standards have evolved again because your customer base has changed. And so that's where the repeatable, when people are going out and teaching the Disney principles, don't just mimic what we did at Disney without understanding where it came from. You got to make it yours. Especially as you move into younger generations and and how technology and the customer experience may impact uh, and create a very different expectation than maybe to a baby boomer. Now, there was also the Disney leader basics. Did you go through the same process there or how did that work? Yeah. So what we did is, so we had the guests research and we found out from them what they were looking for, what would drive their intent, what would make them happy, what would create engagement for them. Then we got that translated into the the cast standards. And then in the focus groups with the cast, they validated or they fixed the language. We worked on that. We massaged it. And then we asked them, what do you need from your leaders that will help and hinder your ability to deliver on these basics? Then we went to that. So that turned into the leader basics. So we got the leader, the leader set. And so then when we went to the leader focus group, we did the same thing. So this is what the cast need from you. What do you think? And we found out from them what will help and hinder your ability to deliver on that. So that's where there's multiple work streams that came out after that is here's the standards. Now we got to hook it to um, literally performance standards in terms of, you know, leading the way, falling behind or meets expectations and to those kind of standards. And then we had to work on different ways of setting up the operation and what kind of training. And we had to do all these changes and we did these initial pilots and the the guest, um, guest engagement scores went through the roof and then the um, cast engagement as well. You know, and then of course later on budget cuts and all of that. And so a lot of that got stripped out. But from a research standpoint, you know, like like qualitative research that led to the quantitative results were there. And it was like it was a it was a chain, like the value chain, but you know, translating it down to like here's those moments of truth. So your work moving forward from this has been to help other organizations um not as I like to put it, not adopt what Disney has done, but to learn and adapt and create their their standards and their um, basics, for lack of a better term, but but those core things that drive excellence for them. Is that is that where you have taken it? Um, um, it's almost like I have like different business lives, you know, like I think about the first bit of my, my career as a, as an external consultant was to take, you know, my OD principles, not as much like some of it was like scaling the Disney principles, but you know, in terms of like how my brand went, you know, like I really like your, your brand was more like how to take own, apply this, you know, the Disney principles and scale them. Um, when I've had opportunities to talk about like some of the projects, like some of it is like you have to, there the um, 
you know, trying to help the organizations really adopt like that same kind of principle, but it's still the same kind. This is still a hard sell. Like people want to be able to say it. This is the way it is. Like I worked with one company who was a hospitality, large hospitality organization, Mm -hmm. did a similar kind of process. Like they really believed that, you know, they, their, their clients were like, they wanted, their customers wanted like a, you know, Ritz Carlton kind of experience or this premium experience. So they were creating these performance standards. And, you know, I met with a hundred of their um, customers and they didn't, they were more of like an everyman kind of brand. And so what their customers really wanted was like, I want just somebody to kind of like shoot the, you know, uh, shoot the crap with me. You know, I want somebody just to like, you know, make me feel at home, you know, just, you know, like they didn't want that elite kind of service. They wanted more friendly kind of service. And it was really hard because the economic um, world of the senior team, you know, they were at, you know, they were in a higher level economic state. They ha- they were thinking Red Scarlet. Yeah. Style. So they thought that's what they wanted. They were trying to create this elite product when the customers really didn't want that. They wanted more down home, make us feel like we're family you know, like it's home that not like, yeah. yeah. And it was, and it was really hard for the leaders because a lot of times like, you know, leaders and executives, and this is why the, the basics work so well is get people out of their own filters and biases and let the guests tell you what they want and let it emerge from that. And so it was really, it was kind of funny, you know, I, right now I don't do that same kind of consulting, you know, I, my business now is helping other consultants start their businesses, build their brands, you know, create messaging and all that kind of stuff. So I've evolved since then. But when I was a consultant, it was interesting. It's like the research is telling you this, but they don't want to believe it. I cannot tell you how many work sessions I've been in where the research would say this. They're like, no, the customers didn't really say that. I'm like, well, they did. And then they don't follow it. (laughs) They're like, that is, well, Starting, that is such a starting point in conversations to say to them, okay, let's look at your data. You know, I'd like to look at your previous engagement studies. I'd like to look at your, you know, your guests. And and first of all, uh, so many times they don't exist or they're outdated. Or if they do, they, they seem to be locked in a vault over here and have nothing to do with the day-to-day reality of what they're living either they're choosing to ignore it or it's been held back you know to the front line and so or or to anybody in the organization and so so getting people to just appreciate what it is that, that your data is telling you about you know what are your employees telling you what are your guests or your customers telling you that is just square one and then i love the fact that you are just in your own experience, so good at getting that stakeholder buy-in and getting people to feel heard and understood, not only just feel heard and understood, but also just to be able to um, take those nuggets and ideas and then see how they, they come alive in the data that, that, that you're trying to harness and, and pulls. But Disney was special in a certain way. And this is where it's like, people want to be like Disney. They don't understand what makes, made Disney. I don't know. I haven't been there in a long time, but I'll tell you at my time period, what made Disney special Mm -hmm. is Disney was really good at getting experts at what they do and trusting those experts and partnership and, and that type of thing was a part of how we did things. I did, I had Meg Crofton on my, on my podcast and she was president, you know, at that time period. 
And so obviously based on her, her beliefs and her values around, you know, creating those partnerships, that was really important. But the other thing is Disney did really respect data and they, they believed in it. And, and it wasn't about being right. It was about getting to the right answer, doing the right thing. When I look at some of the other organizations and they want to mimic Disney, you don't have to have like the, the, the history that Disney has and the magic of its brand, the way the leaders operated. You know, people have this misconception that operations or, or Walt Disney World or, you know, where you work in these kind of environments, like it's the creative, mm-hmm. like what's a creative department. You know, it's like it's that's the Imagineers. They're the ones who are super creative. But they're also, you know, they also have engineers and other people like that. Similar, like when you think about world, what made those executives amazing? The most intelligent, strategic, thoughtful, intentional decision makers. They really believed in the performance excellence idea of it's not about what you accomplish as much as how you get there. And so all the initiatives that we ran and I didn't that was all about like, let's come up with the right thing and use data to drive it. In these other companies, it was confirmation bias. And this is where it's like, you're never going to be the Disney is if you as a leadership team keeps wanting to put your own filters. Like one of the craziest feedback meetings I ever ran was for a company where their employee engagement scores were in the toilet. They, it was the worst. It, mm-hmm. They had the worst leadership and operating practices I had ever seen. You know, they were running everything by like these like these 90 day numbers. They were not investing in the business or even in the basics of the, um, you know, of safety issues for customers, you know, for the guests. I mean, for the um, for the employees and so in the and the customers all knew it so they won business based on price but they lost it based on their horrible service because they were running the operation so thin so Ooh. i interviewed a bunch of their customers and they all said you know that same fact so i'll never forget this i'm standing up in front of the room and say you win business based on on price i mean you win business based on price and you lose it based on service and the vp of operations is arguing with me so on the one hand he's arguing constantly that's not true that's not how our customers feel but meanwhile his laptop is up and the vp of sales who believed in everything that i was saying you know who told me this information you know Mm -hmm. so he's sitting there and he gets his email and they're about to lose a customer and they literally said that he's arguing with me while he gets this email turns to the vp of sales and told him to take care of it while he's arguing with me. <laughs> it, it, it lives it lives in real time. It lives in real time. So. Like equally informed people seldom disagree unless certain people choose not to be informed. La, 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 la. This fact didn't happen. Customers <laughs> love this stuff that we're putting out. No, they don't. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I, I, I love your insights. I love, I love the, I love uh, the fact that you have been able to um, work with organizations and particularly of course at Disney, but, but work with organizations and see how these things play out. Tell us about what is, what are you, Betsy, focused on? What is bringing you passion uh, these days? What, where are you in your your own journey. And uh, what does that look like? So um, I did retire from consulting. You know, I'm not going to lie. That kind of craziness did kind of take some of the steam out of my ability to make a difference. <laughs> but uh, I decided to build a business off of those superpowers that I was mentioning is my ability to help 
um, people like organize information, put words to it. And so what I do now is I help consultants and coaches, especially purpose-driven ones, people like you, you know, who care about making a difference, not just for short-term profitability, but long-term value, you know, for customers, for employees and for shareholders, stakeholders and everybody. And I want to help the good guys win, you know, or the good women or the good, however, like I want, I want the good people, the ones who are in consulting and coaching for purposes that are about making the workplace a better environment, you know, helping organizations really be consciously conscious capitalists, not just capitalists. And so I help them with their branding, their messaging, their positioning, their marketing, so that they stand out, they win the business against all the other people who are going to just help them make decisions that benefit for the short term, benefit the consultant or coach. They put the money in the pocket and they leave. I don't want to, I want these people, the purpose-driven ones like you to win. And so that's how I extend my influence is helping them to win. Awesome. Thank you. Well, and we're going to leave uh, information on our website and or on the post for this uh, podcast, as well as on the on the show notes for those who'd like to reach out to you and kind of hear more about what you have to offer. But hey, Betsy, thank you so much for just taking the time and sharing some unique insights as to um, how to create uh, a more purpose driven, successful um organization focused on excellence. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. And thank you for letting me dust off my memories of some of the really cool initiatives <laughs> I've been a part of. So thank you. My thanks to Betsy for joining me for this podcast. It was so fun to talk to her and get her insights and her experience. And by the way, you uh, we will leave, of course, uh, her contact information on the show notes and on the Disney Insights page. There on that page, we also have included a great little video which Betsy showcases uh, the number one thing you need to build a business you love and it <laughs> offers an image of her trying to figure out how Winnie the Pooh sees out of his uh, little mask. It's so funny, but check out her video, it's so great. And again, I just really appreciate it. Uh, the the time she spent um, with me. Hey, you know, as we do so often in these podcasts, which focus at on Disney at work, we offer you souvenirs for you and your organization. We've we've covered so many things in our conversation with Betsy, but consider some of these these highlights. First, uh, how are you creating stakeholder management? How are you getting people on board? How are you listening? to your customers? How are you listening to your employees and the perspectives they bring to the table? How do you let data drive the decisions of how you move an organization forward? And then finally, as Betsy does in her current business, what are your superpowers? How can you not only succeed, but help others to succeed? We're going to talk more about the actual Disney basics, both the customer and leadership basics in an upcoming podcast or two. And while they have evolved to other forms of um, of, of ideas uh, today, we'll take the time to consider how relevant they are and how well Disney is living up to those customer experience and leadership guidelines. So make sure, again, you subscribe 
and join us. Also, if you want, um, if you want more about these kinds of topics that we've been talking about, you should not only check out my new book, of course, A Century of Powerful Disney Insights, the new uh, volume one, which has come out in time for the 100th anniversary of the Disney company, but also check out um, my two of my other books, The Wonderful World of Customer Service at Disney, as well as Disney Leadership and You. These will go beyond the basics to explore the tactics and strategies in delivering great customer experiences and offering leadership excellence. In fact, I've noticed as sales have climbed on the Century of Powerful Disney Insights book that sales have also, people have been linked up to these other two books and have gone through and checked them out as well. So definitely take a look and see if they help you and your organization move forward. And by the way, if you need that specific help, if you need a listening ear to figure out how to take the organization you are in to the next level, hey, give me a call. We at Performance Journeys can help support you in trying to sort all that through. We offer a number of resources from coaching to consulting to workshops and seminars from, from online tools to, to media, so much more that we can provide from someone who's really been able to work in the trench with other organizations to apply these Disney best um best practices, not to adopt them as kind of Betsy talked about earlier. We're not here about getting you to imitate Disney. We're trying to get you to learn from those best practices and then take your own organization uniquely to the next level. Check us out at Performance Journeys. We hope that um, we can offer you something to help your organization in the new year. Well, that does it for this Disney Insights podcast. So glad you could join us as we go into the new year and as always we hope that you will you'll find new discoveries for yourself that you will be able to to elevate your own goals of performance and and take you and your organization to the next level we're so thankful that you could join us and finally in the words of sinbad's uh, storybook voyage the words of alan menken always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon. Happy New Year.